Good afternoon, world, Ooh. and thank you for tuning in to Into the Blue Zone, a sponsorship-free, unedited, and unscripted podcast for those who love life. That's on, me. On today's episode, we are catching up with our favorite baller, Thomas Brazier. Thomas, what's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, nothing much. Happy to be here. Big, big fan. Listen to all three uh, previous episodes and can't believe I'm living the dream and being on one of your episodes. Well, it's awesome to have you. You're sitting in a new chair I just bought from Home Goods for my guests. Man, it still, is, still has the tag on it. This is nice. I'm just in case asleep. I want to return it. Yeah, so he's kicking back. We got <laughs> some playoff basketball on the TV to my right. Uh, I think Nets Bucks. Nets and Bucks. today's episode's about a couple self-improvement topics and I haven't seen you in many months. Couple you months, are yeah. in your first year of M first year of MBA school at BYU in Provo, Utah. So. And why are you going to BYU? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to BYU to get my MBA. It's got a really good um, HR MBA program, and that's kind of what I'm pivoting into with my career. And yeah, just seemed like a good fit for me and. Um, just finished my first year, so I got one more year to go, but loving it so far. Awesome, dude. Keep it up. And how did we meet? Maybe we could share with the listeners kind of a little bit of our backstory so they could kind of get a, a vibe of what we're feeling right now after reconnecting. Yeah, awesome. Um, man, I think the first time we met was probably five or six years ago. Um, so I'm from Encinitas, California. Grew up playing on the beach and kind of had to have a strong network of volleyball friends here and I started coaching at Wave Beach and that's how I met Skylar and just this dread wearing awesome coach tan man from Jersey and uh, we kind of clicked right off the bat just because we love uh, being active and you know just fun happy happy guys so became quick friends yeah we hit it off and we love working with kids and um, Wave Beach is one of the best beach volleyball programs that our good buddy and our boss, Matt Olson. Oh, shout started. out Matt Olson, baby. Shout out to Matt and, and the Wave Beach machine. <laughs> yeah, he's playing in a, a, uh, a semi-pro uh, beach volleyball tournament down in Ocean Beach right now. Matt is 41 wow. and still playing. Ex-pro He's my surfer. idol. Matt, you are my idol. <laughs> yeah, you're going to enjoy I heard you just show. made the finals. Good luck, buddy. Woo. Nice. We'll be following your uh, performance in the finals right as this podcast concludes. So, yeah, Thomas and I have been good buddies for the last five, six, maybe even more yeah. years. And he coaches with me. And then we kind of got into running. And you just like an active lifestyle. I'm very active. Yeah. And, you know, we played pickleball and golf together. Golf. We haven't surfed together yet. And that might yeah, happen yeah. later today or sometime this summer for sure. Got it. And we like to like talk vegan and we are we're always looking to self-improve. So no specific topic on today's show. We're just kind of catching up. And first things first, we just had an awesome burrito Oof. for lunch. We walked Stuffed. to Karina's Taco Shop in Lucadia right up the street from me. And... I kind of forced it on you. <laughs> I said, get a vegan burrito and then we'll I do a podcast. I was towards a bomb burrito, but no, Sky was, you know, pushed me the other way. 
but I'm glad he did. It was it was really good. What was in the vegan burrito? Because I actually did like a quick reel on Instagram, uh, which is at a plant based production on IG. And then what was in the the vegan burrito and how'd you rate it? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Let's see if I can get this right. We had rice, beans, lettuce. Uh, uh, we added guacamole and um, what else did we add? Uh, potatoes. French fries. French yeah. Fries. And I think some I think there's one lettuce or tomatoes. Maybe tomatoes. Yeah. Tomatoes. That tomatoes right. were in it. And it was great. It was big size. Yeah. On a scale of one to five, I would have given a, give it a four. Um, I was, I was hungry. I was out in the sun most of the day and that hit the spot. Tasted really good. So I'm glad I, I followed you or you dragged me to, to get the veggie burrito. Yeah. I mean, it, it tastes good and you know, it, it makes you feel a little lighter yeah. and we're, we're, we're maybe able to surf later today. Yeah. Definitely recording the podcast. So my first question, we were kind of brainstorming some questions here and it was like, what, do we love about working with kids? Like, why do you love working with kids? And, and you do it not just for work. You're always kind of just socializing with the younger generation and, you know, creating smiles and bringing joy to the youth of the world. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that it just comes like naturally to me. Um, I come from a very big family and I have lots of nieces and nephews and I'm kind of the known as the fun uncle Um, and the same thing goes with like, you know, out and about or out coaching. Like I toward, I tend to gravitate towards the kids just because it's so fun. Um, and it's so like, um, it just helps me feel like, like myself, like I'm, I'm goofy. I like to connect with kids. I like to make sure they're having a good time and get to know them. And I'm, I, I've always loved coaching and love working for Matt because he's allowed me to be myself and to do what like makes me happy and do what I, I feel like I do best, uh, which is connect and coach and, you know, have fun with these kids. So besides being your lighthearted self, do you feel like you're instilling good values or maybe teaching impressionable youth, young kids, like how to be a good person? Because uh, you didn't mention how many siblings do you have? I have eight older siblings. So you're one of eight and you're the, you're one the youngest nine. one, one I'm, of nine. So I'm, I'm number nine. Yes. He's, you're the ninth kid. <laughs> Kudos to your mom. I know. And, and your crazy. mom is not only amazing at giving birth, clearly, because <laughs> the ninth one was the best one, oh, yeah. even though I haven't met <laughs> any one of the, of the other <laughs> nah, eight. Yeah, they're all right. The ninth <laughs> one I could attest for. Your mom's also, like, not to skip around off the topic of kids real quick. She does what? She runs like she, Yeah, she's, she's a runner. Miles. She's a marathon, ultra runner. A uh, hundred mile runner. Actually, today she ran in Utah in the Utah Valley Marathon uh, with my older brother Seth. So yeah, every day she's running. How old is your mom? Uh, she is sixty nine. Your mom's sixty nine, oh, and on June fifth, two thousand twenty one, she's running a hundred <laughs> miles in Utah. Today was just a marathon. So oh, just the marathon. So just the marathon. And <laughs> you know, we're gonna come back to the kids real quick. Like, I know running's become a huge part of my identity and Mm -hmm. like my workouts. And it was cool to hear this about your mom. I know we connected on runs. I did a trail run with Matt, like a, just a 5k or a 10k at Lake Hodges. And that kind of got me going. And what does running do for you? Clearly it's like such a release for your mom where 
you know, she's 69 running these marathons and hundred milers. Like it must yeah. just be so refreshing during yeah. the run and after what, what does running do for you and how does it help you after you run or beforehand? Yeah. Good question. Um, so there's a couple of things that running does for me is it allows me to be outside and I just feel better and feel more happy when I'm outside um, and just seeing the scenery and just being active. Um, it also like clears my mind. Like sometimes there's a lot going on or like I'm stressed about something. And when I go out for running, like it just seems to um, clear out my mind and just let me focus on the, the important things. And then also it's like a social thing. Like I love running with you and Matt. Like I was always looking forward to that. Like even during like COVID, like, you know, we still were able to sneak in some, some runs and like, that was like something I looked forward to every time. So definitely the social aspect of it and connecting with others and talking and isn't the running community great? Oh, like you're crossing people. Dude, they're like, no, you give like a little fist pump. Yeah. Everyone's so encouraging and like so happy. And it's, it's kind of sad how few people you see on runs. Yeah. Just about every run. I feel like more people need to run. Yes. Like yes. running. And I used to be really, really awful at running. And I think because my diet mm. was like milk and cheese and, yeah. you know, a lot of processed food, a lot of dairy. I learned that dairy is not good for you, like at all. Sorry. Mm. And I feel like I just cleaned up my diet and my blood flow was pumping and I was performing at such a higher level with go. my insides that running became easier and, and not the running breathing. Ooh, okay. I feel like people have trouble breathing and you could tell when you're trying to run with someone and you start talking to them and they have ah, trouble talking. Yeah. Ooh, they have trouble breathing. Easy. So you have trouble moving fast, working your body hard, holding a conversation or breathing. So when I was a kid, I played soccer and baseball and that was different than running five miles. Yeah. You know, those were like short little sprints and you'd be able to catch your breath. And I just hated running long distance. I think like a lot of kids do my, you know, guesstimate is that a lot of the kids diets have a lot of processed food and dairy yeah. Yeah. and meats sure. and their blood flow and their, and their cardio is just super weak and they could be in shape. They could not, they need to run. We, we all need to run so much more. Yeah. It's, I mean, 69 year old Mrs. Brazier's running. <laughs> My mom's running. I see the same, right. you know, older people running on the coast highway. Yeah. And I just wish we saw more people running because the community and like, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. I does agree. it give you a lot of confidence after a run? Like, do you feel? Yeah, it does. I've noticed the same. Yeah. And you know, before I go much further, I do need, I, I, I should confess that I haven't been running too much recently, but when I'm around sky, like I, I, uh, I get some fun invitations. We go running more. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get back going, but I'm curious what, like what motivates you to run like internally? Like what, mm. like why, why do you, I just also like being outside. It's easy. Mm. I don't have to drive anywhere. I just put yeah. my shoes on and go unless I'm doing like a destination run. Recently, I just bought some La Sportiva trail running shoes. Ooh. So I want to kind of get into like, Pricey. you know, as I'm running more, um, I had a 20% off coupon from REI <laughs> and a gift card from a parent. So nice. it worked out well. Perks of being a coach. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some thank you gift cards. Um, the, the running it's, it just gives me a lot of confidence and joy, like getting some aggression out. Yeah. And I feel like it's a, it's very value centered. Like it's your, I'm a very efficient bang for your buck type of person. And yeah. I feel like running is really hard and, 
for being fit. Like there's no better way. Yeah. You get a lot out of it to, you know, run and, and see results. So for like slimming down and just looking lean and feeling confident running is just like kind of what we're born to do. I think there's a book called mm-hmm. born to run. I mean, actually I know there is. And <laughs> born to run. you know, humans, we sweat where all other animals don't sweat. So they have trouble staying cool. So like dogs, like they'll be running and they have fur and they don't sweat. So they have to stop and pant. Dogs don't sweat. Dogs don't sweat. Like, so like short, really short haired dogs, like a greyhound or a Rhodesian Ridgeback, their short fur allows them to stay cooler longer. They still get tired and overheat and they have to stop and breathe through their nose where we're able to run upright. We are literally born to run our feet. We can sweat and, and, you know, hunter gatherers, like if you're hunting for food and it's really hot out you could catch that animal because that animal is tiring out when you're sweating to stay cool and you could keep running. Wow. Uh, so we're born to run. We need more people running. Yeah. And if you can't run, like get into the walking game and speed walk. And at some point, you know, like everything takes time, you'll I, be able to run. You I just got to clean up the diet and, and stick to it. Oh, amen. Yeah. I think, I think running and walking, I don't know. I, maybe I heard this, maybe I heard wrong, but I heard that they have like, like almost like the ident like the same perks. Like if you're walking, like that's just as good as if as if you're running. Is that am I wrong on that or have you heard anything about that? I cannot answer that for okay. sure. I think running's a lot more difficult. Yeah, definitely. So I think we need to be pushing ourselves a little more and I yeah. think we could all agree that running on inclines or anywhere is a lot harder cardio, fitness wise, breathing than walking. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think they're Baby steps, you know, yeah, for, wrong. for anyone listening, like go for a run if you can't, or you're not in shape yet and you're not there yet, go for some walks and speed up your walk and yeah, find and a go buddy. for short runs. And before you know it, you'll be running half marathons and you'll be addicted and it's great. I think yeah. we should run a marathon while you're in town. I haven't run a marathon. <laughs> so I'm in town for about three months and he wants to run a marathon. Let's run a marathon. I'm training for my rim to rim run. Oh, in like Grand October, Canyon. which got canceled. So it's a, it's a Grand Canyon run. Cool. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I got the, the trail shoes. I want to break them in and be prepared for this Dude. epic run across the Grand, Dude, if uh, we can Grand get, Canyon. If we can get Matt, shout out again to Matt. If he wants to run a marathon with us, I'm in. Matt is totally in. <laughs> he, he bailed on the half marathon. Not because oh, he's too busy, because he it was too easy. <laughs> it wasn't a big enough challenge. Come on. Let's go. So yeah, let's running. Real quick to finish up the running segment, what's your favorite snack on a hot day after after a oh. nice run? Oh man, frozen fruit, frozen berries, frozen mango, watermelon. Any frozen oh, fruit, right? Is that not the best? It is amazing. Instantly like recharges you and refreshes you. Cools oh. you down. Cools you down. Let's be honest, no one wants warm fruit. No. during the, the warmer months and especially after your body's really hot. And then you don't even want a smoothie, like just right yeah. out of the freezer, right out of the oh. bag, a mixed fruit frozen bag is just, oh. it's the best. Yeah. Dude, Skylar got me hooked on this and no joke. Every, anytime I went shopping in Utah, I always grabbed a bag of frozen fruit, had it in there. And it's not super hot in oh. Utah. No, not all the time. No. Some couple months. Oh, winters are horrible. Cool. Yeah. So that we'll get a good run in here in the near future. And then kind of working with the kids, yeah. I think, um, just cycling back through our first topic, 
I feel that I love giving back to people mm. and helping people and encouraging people. Yeah. And I would love to help the most impressionable people yeah. and that's kids. So I feel like I'm doing a lot of good for the future of our society by teaching and influencing kids. Kind of like I think how teachers feel. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I think coaches and teachers are do one and the same. Okay. So I know you're one of nine and you kind of been raised, um, a faithful man, uh, Mormon, correct? Yes. So I don't know much about Mormonism. Um, me, myself, I'm not, I wasn't raised super religious. I never had any tragedies or anything that really made me think about. Yeah. Think about faith like every day. And I just wanted to kind of touch like I had a question that I have for a friend and I'm going to ask you that's related to food. And the question is how come so many people believe in God and a higher being yet find no remorse for destroying wildlife habitats and animal existence? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. There's a, there's kind of a lot in there and I'll try to try to answer to the best of, you know, my thoughts and such, but my first thought is, um, like not all people I, I think are like, Oh, I'm, are, are thinking about like, you know, the animals like the, or they're, or they're not like, like, Oh, like I'll eat this joyfully. Like, I don't care about this animal. I think a lot of, so, you know, some people might be like that where they don't care, like how much meat they eat or, or something. Um, just not mindful maybe. Yeah. Maybe not mindful of it. Yeah. We lack mindfulness Yeah, yeah. in think, relationship with food across the board. Yeah. And I myself think myself too, I'm working on it. Yeah. And I think uh, you've like this podcast, like you're, you're educating people, you're telling stories. And I think this will make an impact on those that, you know, maybe never thought about it before. Like, cause honestly, like growing up, I never thought about where like all this food came from or how it was prepared. Yeah. Just, where it came from, how it was raised, my mind. Like um, how it looked like before and then after it yeah, turned into yeah, meat. Yeah. And like, yeah, even like, you know, you know, when I'm with you or, you know, every now and then, like now I feel like it, that I I have that thought every now and then I'm like, oh, where did this come from? Or what was the story behind this? And it does kind of make me sad, you know? And I, and I think, I think more people than we think kind of think that way too, where it's like, you know, Oh, I didn't want to harm this family or, or whatnot or, but, um, you know, part of me thinks, you know, God, I, I like, I believe that like we're his children. Like, you know, we're all sons and, and daughters and brothers and sisters in a way. And, um, that, you know, animals were provided, you know, in, in some way to, to, to feed us, for us to have meat. And, um, it, you know, I, I don't know if it says something in the Bible, but, you know, when eating meat sparingly is something that he might've said. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. In my first episode, I talked about change mm-hmm. and maybe when the Bible was written and, you know, I don't know, a thousand years ago, yeah. like, you know, 2000 years ago when the world started getting populated, mm. like maybe that might've been like spot on truth. Right. Everything changes. That, oh, I like and that. And I feel like yeah. our food industry is changing the wrong way. Mm. And sure. Like if you eat meat in small dosages, I still think ethically 
it's wrong. And from a humane aspect for a fitness and disease prevention aspect, I think you get away with it. Mm. We're not doing that. We're eating much more meat. And I feel like we're changing in the wrong direction. Mm. And for all the religious people out there, like it'd be great to see like some bond with our food through religion because if religion's so important, isn't food, almost equally important like we need to breathe we need to eat we need yeah, water no yeah where's food. that connection with the church the all and not just the church the synagogue all religions where's the connection with religion and, and more mm. mindfulness with food what we put into our bodies and the relationship we have with animals i think we're starting to break through the vegan trend all yeah. that and i know in encinitas it's very popular yeah and you've probably heard um a couple of things about Mormons or, and whatnot, but you know that, you know, we don't drink, um, you know, we don't drink coffee. We, we stay away from certain foods and that's, that came from a commandment that we called the, the word of wisdom. And I think it talks about like eating meat sparingly, but I think that's such an interesting thing. Cause like, um, food like brings people together. It, you know, it obviously helps you survive. Um, so I, I really like, you know, you trying to bring people's thoughts and, you know, religion, religious views to, to food and like, you know, having that kind of connect and how maybe, you know, strengthen your belief or how you think. I like that. Yeah. Like God gave us all these ways to make milk and now we're figuring out even different ways to make milk without Mm. disrupting the, you know, the cycle of life. And I know Mm. we're on top of the food chain. Yeah. There's not going to be a food chain. And I don't know if the sun's going to explode first or we're going to wipe out every animal first. I know like, yeah. you know, yeah. populations with a lot of animals are like down to like one, two percent. And I'm not saying vegan fake meat is good for you because it's not. Mm. I'm going on record saying veganism is different than plant-based and being plant-based means you're eating no processed meat. Uh-huh. And the fake meat is not any better for you health wise, although it is better for the environment. Yeah. I don't think there's an argument there. Do you think there's like a, a debate there? Like if I said, you can't argue the fact that fake meat is better for the animal and the environment. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. It just would be so refreshing to see like a movement with, you know, food and religion and like being more mindful and you know if we're gonna go to church and pray and give thanks and you know have that really devout faith let's give thanks to like god putting the animals on this earth to be here instead of for us to just consume and kill them and and like basically wipe out the existence because it's so much better surfing with dolphins and not yeah. that we eat dolphins right because <laughs> we no, they're too smart they're, yeah. they're they're gonna kill us <laughs> hey, before they're, smart. they're gonna kill get us before we could get them dude I, I i love that idea i think that's a good thought and and it's it's uh, kind of like what i said it's what you're doing like you're educating people you're taking in people like me that have such a, a different background and different views than you but you're listening and we're and still teaching. we're still so similar yeah you know like the religious side, like I am spiritual in my own way. Yeah. And you know, I'm not asking for something that's unrealistic. I think it's very practical to like, you know, create a change eating less meat and like then maybe really like being grateful for that animal Mm. and being super mindful. 
it's kind of like supply and demand. You have so little supply of it that you're so happy to have it. Yeah. Whereas it's going the opposite way. Okay. Yeah. And we need to take ownership. And I think like us, we could teach younger people like, okay, like maybe for you, it's like, yeah, have like a smaller portion of meat and like yeah. eat this other fruit and vegetables and, and grains. It's really yeah. going to make you feel better. And then, you know, you start connecting with how you feel. Yeah. And, and it's good to feel good. Yeah, no, and I want to say this. I've, I've, because I've, since I've known Sky, like, like the last couple of years, especially, like, he's introduced me to a lot of, like, uh, you know, plant based, you know, meals and, and, and dishes and stuff. And, like, uh, no joke, like, I've, I've felt better. I've had, you know, energies increased or whatever. So I've, I've felt really good. Um, but then this is just a question I have for you. Like, I, like simply put, I I like the taste of meat. I like how it like tastes with rice or with you know whatever. Um, so like you know what do you, what what do you have to to say to someone like me? <laughs> well, if you're gonna eat your piece of meat in a small portion yeah. and like kind of honor that, I think that's you know your choice and mm. I respect it. I would first suggest, well, try this. This cool. tastes like meat. Or are there foods you haven't tried? try those first and try more fruits, vegetables, and grains. And, and then maybe most importantly, challenge yourself to go three months or six months without meat because we, we eat so much. We're going to live hopefully for a long time that what is six months changing your diet. And then after those six months, because like a month is kind of a short period of time, you know, like three months to six months, try it. And then if you're like, man, I, need meat then that's understandable yeah i love a good filet like my my big thing is is a good filet and some like ground beef and you know i never really liked seafood i'm i'm finding out seafood's kind of nasty for you and processed yeah. meats is like smoking cigarettes and Yikes. there's a lot of cheese sandwiches i used to eat that i kind of throw up in my oh. mouth now just cheese thinking steak? about it cheat just cheese oh. sandwiches yeah i'm I'm from outside from of Philly, Philly too. So best cheesesteak was a whiz with at Jim's on South Street. Shout out to Jim's South Jim, Street. Jim's on South Street. I'll be there. Yeah, you guys did it the best. And and thinking about it, it had to come with a a Jones's root beer. Oh. Uh that was that was classic. Oh. I don't miss me and you know, I've just again, I'm four years into it. Just try it. Yeah. Try six months. That's what I would say. Okay. And then if you go back, you gave it a you try. Back, yeah. Okay. But if you never try it, I think it's a little short-sighted and like a little selfish. I think so too. I think there's more, there's more than more out there than just eating meat. Yeah. It's kind of like sports. There's more to life than just sports. Yeah. And speaking of sports, the Brooklyn Nets are up 54, 48 in the second quarter. Come on, Milwaukee, you're my pick. So we're going to kind of turn to our last subject here. Last subject. Oh, that's a good one. Again, you're listening to into the blue zone. With your host, Skylar Heyman, a sponsorship, unedited, unscripted podcast. And today's guest is the one and only Thomas, the T-Bone Baller Brazier. Coach Tomas. Coach Tomas. (laughs) So last topic, going off of sports and NBA playoffs. I was just talking to you when we were having the burrito. I think the biggest mismatch (laughs) in any sports final matchup was the... You're a big Lakers fan, right? Huge. Huge Lakers fan. And that's why this is great. And I'm a big Sixers fan. (laughs) Was the Allen Iverson Sixers. 2000, 2001. 2000, 2001 versus the Lakers with Kobe, 
Black Mamba Bryant. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe. Can't believe he's gone. Yeah, I know exactly yeah. where I was and who I was with. Me too. When I found out. That was like surreal. Yeah. Anyways, this is for Kobe. Man, that Philly Lakers guy. team was Kobe. yeah, Lower Marion High School. Yeah. Huge Eagles fan, huge Donovan yeah, McNabb that's right, fan. That's right. Go birds. E A G L E S <laughs> Eagles. Jalen Hurts, man, I don't know. Anyway. So so the Sixers Lakers matchup was the most lopsided <laughs> matchup. And maybe you could just I went to game three. Oh. And I had dyed my, his like, hair. Dyed my hair. <laughs> painted the face. Dude, so, I'm such a fanatic. So this was the postseason where the Lakers were going undefeated up until the finals. And like they were they were gonna like people were talking about this being the greatest team ever. And then game one happened and Allen Iverson just took over that huge step back on Tyron Lue. Step over so disrespectful. It was just <laughs> absolutely what Tyron Lue deserved. <laughs> And even though Tyron Lue's coaching in the playoffs, he still deserves that step over from Iverson. Oh, he does. Oh, Iverson was in the corner. That's like a crossover. <sighs> goes in between his legs, steps back, hits a three. Tyron Lue falls on his butt, and Iverson looks at him and steps looks over him right oh, in front of the Lakers Everyone bench. at Staples just has their hands over their heads. Just, oh, what is going on? And then the Lakers started to <laughs> Win play. the next four. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, that's like such a – true testament to when there's a series the the game you want to get as an underdog as a huge underdog is the opener and yeah. then you know you're basically kind of playing with house money and right. you're not expected to win maybe the other team collapses that didn't happen the sixers won game one and then Shaq, robert ori rick fox, rick fox kobe bryant Derek fisher, Derek fisher just dominated the pathetic 76ers <laughs> You know, the 76ers' best guy outside of Iverson, in my mind, was Aaron McKee. Aaron McKee. Aaron McKee wasn't even <laughs> a starter. <laughs> he came off the bench. He was a sixth man. How is your second best guy coming off the bench? <sighs> the Sixers, this was the matchup. It was Matumbo, Dikembe Matumbo versus Shaq. Oh, and this is an old Dikembe Matumbo, by the oh, way. Old Tyrone Hill, <laughs> Tyrone Hill and George Lynch. Theo Ratliff. Robert Eric Ory. Snow. <laughs> Eric Snow, man. The, the other two team, points. The other team would bait him to shoot three-pointers. I don't think he could reach the basket from the <laughs> three-point range. He would never shoot a three-pointer. Oh, and then we had Raja Bell. Raja Bell. I know Tough all these defender, guys because Raja I just remember it being so lopsided. I'm like... Oh, but you had Larry Brown, one of the best coaches. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate that we had such a great player in Iverson. Yeah. And never got another really yeah. like standout player to play with him yeah. for such a long time. It kind of reminded me of the shitty wide receivers that Donovan McNabb had to throw to <laughs> for his entire career. And then, Owens? and then finally gets one great guy and they make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, the six, uh, the Flyers, sorry, they got Eric Lindros, who was like one of my favorite athletes of all time. And he like had some guys around him, uh, never really got the support that these uh, other all-star teams are getting. Yeah, the Philadelphia sports organizations need to do oh, a better right. job supporting their best players, because Iverson never got support, Donovan McNabb got very little, and yeah. Eric Lindros got very little, and those guys were so good with for us for so long. Yeah. Oh, tough, Dina. It was such a beatdown. <laughs> 
Well, the Sixers have a shot this year. I called it. Sixers are going to win it all. That was before <laughs> Embiid got hurt on another podcast. They're in the second round playing the Hawks tomorrow morning. Joel Embiid is day-to-day, week-to-week with a torn oh. meniscus. I think, I think they beat the Hawks, and then uh, I don't think they're going to win it all without Embiid. And Embiid coming back on a torn meniscus is not a healthy Embiid. So yeah. I don't think the Sixers are going to win anymore. <laughs> oh, he's then taking again, back his guarantee. Then again, then again, Nick Foles. Well, uh, I'm, I don't think they're going to win, although, although Nick Foles – you know, stepped in for Carson Wentz and did it. So y- you never know. I, it's a bummer that Embiid's out because I think he's one of the best centers when he's healthy in the NBA and he's having an MVP type of year. So super bummed. It will be fun to watch and see if Ben Simmons and the boys can pick up the slack. Yeah. Sorry to hear about your Lakers. Oh, Early exit. Don't want to talk about it. It's all right. You got plenty of championships. <laughs> I know. 17. No. Yeah. I haven't seen a Sixers championship in my lifetime. 31 oh, years. Dang. I've only seen an Eagles and a Phillies. Mm. Two championships out of four major sports in 31 years. Oh, man. That's pretty pretty awful. It is. All Sorry. right, time to go surfing. <laughs> Let's go. Thomas, it was such a great time having you on the show, oh. and you look so comfortable in this new chair. Dude, Thank you, Home Goods. So comfortable. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Listeners, I hope you guys learned or felt something. All right, this is Skylar Heyman on Into the Blue Zone, a sponsorship, unedited, unscripted podcast for those who love life. Thank you so much for listening. Bless you all and have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.